good evening and welcome to Beware of Spoilers. I am Adam. And I didn't think I was going to have a... This is a movie that I was like... You know, every once in a while we do these movies and it's like... What's the spoiler going to be? Because it's like... We see, um... What's it called? Like... When we do like a biopic, it's like... Well, we, we call it Beware of Spoilers when movie just came out. Uh, but now, you know, it's just... That's just the name of the podcast. Um, but this one had something I... It's one of the things that, like, once it happens, you're like... God damn... Like... I knew this was going to happen, because it's it's the general, you, you need to have this at the end of the movie, you need to have this happen, but when it happens, it caught me so off guard, I was like, holy shit, um, and what I'm, what I'm talking about here with, with, with Joyride, which is the new movie with, um, I think her name's Ashley Park is the lead, and, uh, Stephanie Sue, who was in, um, Everything ever all at once last year. Got nominated for an Oscar for it. Um, it is, you know, it's 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 their movie about this woman who is a she's a lawyer and she has to go to China to seal a deal because she's you know Asian and they picked her to go. And you know, while they're there, things go haywire because it's a it's a raunchy R-rated comedy. And I think it's it's certainly better than No Hard Feelings in terms of the comedies we've seen this year. And there are a few. Like, this, this, like, period we're in right now feels a lot like the early 2000s in terms of the comedies that we have theatrically being released. We haven't really had this in a while. Um, because there's this, there's Strays coming out in that trailer every time when, when the Will Ferrell dog is humping the gnome and, and the, the Jamie Fox are like, call, um, um, Tell your, uh, your, um, tell him, uh, you're his daddy. And then Will Farrell's like, hello. Hello, nice to meet you, Gnome. I'm your father. Like, it, like, I crack up every day. Like, that, it, that movie's gonna be pretty funny, I think. Um, even if it is ridiculous. Um, but, like, there's that. There's, there's a new one coming out that they talked, that they showed a trailer for at, uh, at, at CinemaCon with, uh, Glenn Powell and Sidney Sweeney. There's, uh, No Hard Feelings came out already. And then this... This is setting the bar pretty high for the rest of the year, though. Um, and the rest of the comedies. I mean, I think, to an extent, Dumb Money's going to fall into that, too. Um, but this, you know, this, this sets the bar very, very high for the rest of the year. Um, and looking at this movie, um, I can understand... Like, I, I see why this was the one that... If they were going to show anything at CinemaCon Lionsgate, this was the one to, to do it. Um... I, I look at this movie and, you know, it, the, the comedic moments land and it's, it's kind of like Deadpool. We know about Deadpool having that like rapid fire jokes a minute where it's like, even if every joke doesn't land, they're happening so often that something will land for you at almost every stage in the movie, which is just phenomenal. And they do a great job in this, um, in this film of, of, of having that happen the entire way there, where there's always something funny happening uh, the entire time. Uh, there, there's a lot of great... And, and, and the runtime is tight, where you don't have this this overlong thing that's going on longer, substantially longer than it needs to. Um, following... Um, what was it? The... the at, like... The, I 
forgot what I was going to say. Um, that I'm driving and this guy in front of me that looked an asshole. Um, and the plot's pretty, you know, simple. Um, oh, they, they do a great job of setting up and paying off jokes, which is something that we don't really see a lot of. It's an art to do that, where, you know, you can, you, the, the setup callback in, in, in comedy is kind of a lost art form. Um, where it's like, they, they set something up, there's a few times in the movie where there's something like the tattoo that um, Stephanie Sue's character has, um, that is, you know, that that's, that's alluded to, and it's a great comedic beat early in the movie, where it's like, yeah, she's got a tattoo on her vagina, and it's like, okay, so how, so, uh, that, that's it, I'm not gonna ask about it anymore, and then the next, like, two to five minutes is just her rapid-firing questions as they're traveling, and it's like, so how big is it, is it on her thigh, where, like, it's just the, the, the 900 questions that go into this tattoo that is just enraptured, um, the uh, enraptured Lolo is just hilarious, um, and then for them to, to play it back and have it play a role later on is also great. And the same goes for um, the the what was the other big the, the other great callback was the um, and then for them to play it back at the end with with another character getting a tattoo that was also great. But the obsession with with K-pop coming back into the script um, and, and coming back later and, and having a major role also worked very well. The that, um, that was at the end, you know, them having the acapella group and then it coming back into play later. It, it, it all, like, they do a great job of that. There is, um, and, and the thing is, too, it's like when you have a comedy like this, my concern, not concern, but I was prepared going into it for it to be what is functionally a, you know, a, a hour and a half, almost two hour, just straight comedy with with, um, what's it called, with a, like, non-stop jokes, but kind of like, um, no hard feelings, where the, the movie is kind of entirely about the joke, I was kind of anticipating this being that, and I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't, I was, I was very happy that it was a, um, you know, there are a lot of heartfelt moments as the movie goes on, because, like I said with the, the no hard feelings... Did I say no way home? Like I said with the no hard feelings um, uh, discussion a few weeks back, comedy works best when it's a character study. When you have a, a character at the center who is also going through an arc, and Jennifer Lawrence's character in that changes by the end, but only because that's kind of what you're anticipating happening by the end of that movie. And if she doesn't change then it just kind of feels weird for the kind of story they're telling. And the same goes for the other kid whose name I'm forgetting. I don't know the actor's name, and I don't know the, the character's name off the top of my head. And I think it's kind of, like, that was the issue there. And I was kind of prepared for that same thing to happen here, where it's like, okay, so, the, the there's, you know, this is going to be the, the, the story about them, and they're going to come back, and, and they're going to be, you know, they started out as friends, they're going to come back better friends. And for that to have not been the case... Is, is 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 interesting because it becomes a, an identity story. It is about this girl who doesn't know fundamentally who she is because who she is has been defined by everyone else. And as she's going through this arc, she um, she gets the chance to explore who she is and 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 become a you know become a better person. 
and, and, and come into her own as a human, not specifically defined by her role to other people. A, a lawyer for this law firm, her daughter to her, to her adopted parents, Chinese as, as defined by how she was adopted from China, and, and, and all of that. And it is, it, to see that character arc go out in this comedy is great. And it leads to this really great character moment um, in the third act where after the big blow-up fight that inevitably is going to happen, because that's what happens in all of these movies, there's got to be a big fight where everyone, you know, every, everyone, you know, stops getting along, and then you got to have the big blow-up moment for, for comedic effect. And, and they, they handle that very well, too. But after that, she goes off on her own to track down her real mother, so at least something comes to the trip. Because at that point, she's gotten fired, she's gotten, um, you know, all of that. And the deal didn't go through, and she has fun functionally failed. So she goes to find her real mother, and then when she finds out the mother is dead, it's it's this thing where it's like it, it's a cliche because it's happened so much. But the movie takes you on so many twists and turns of what's going on in this arc to, for her to go find the mother, and and how that crosses into her person her professional career, like that all splits off in, 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 in different directions in such a way that when you get there and the mother's dead, it's like, oh, who would have thought, like, like oh, that catches you kind of off guard. And then when it, when the father, when, when, when the husband shows up, the husband of the mother shows up and, and like, why don't we, you know, why don't you come back so, so we can talk about your mother? And, and she goes with, she goes with him. And they have that long conversation, and he shows her the video. Um, it's just, it's so well executed that it, it's just, I, like, I didn't see any of that coming in, in this movie. And I think that that's what really lands the movie among some of the best of this year. Um, is that on, while having this incredibly, you know, it, it's a raunchy comedy where it's like at one point there's a montage of how all four of the leads ended up getting people seriously injured during sex, or in one case, breakdancing. But, like, you know, uh, one of the girls has a three-way, and she ends up giving the two guys a concussion. One, uh, one of the, um, what's it called? One of the, uh, one of the girls, it just, you know, hooks up like normal, and, and the guy's fine. One of the girls has a breakdancing contest, and the guy, uh, gets, gets seriously hurt, like The Office. And one of, and, uh, one of them, uh, takes a, uh, a massage gun to the guy's balls and, and get, and, and, and fractures his pelvis. And it's just, all of those moments land and, and, you know, and then you have the reveal of the tattoo and all of these moments land and work. And then on top of that, you also have this intense character work happening in the same movie. And for that to all mesh together as well as it does, is just kind of an achievement in and of itself. Um, and that that does work very well for for the movie that's being made here. Um, yeah, definitely check this movie out. I mean, there's 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 so much in it, um, and I feel like I've done a good summary of a lot of the great stuff, but I feel like I'm missing a lot. And I and I think that what really makes this movie work is the is the 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 not shying away from. Uh, from, from from who these characters are and letting them letting the characters really shine um, as an entity into and of themselves. Um, but that's a good place to wrap up. Oh, one final thing I wanted to address with, with the trailer beforehand, because AMC um, 
last year you'll you may remember I I stopped going to AMC for a little bit and started going to Showcase. Well, I still did the major releases at AMC, but for other movies I ended up going to Showcase for most of the summer because my AMC was getting renovated. Uh, and one of the things I noticed it was like that scene in Clerks when Randall goes into the real video store, like the good video store. Like that's what it was going to this theater because the theater was nice and clean and had a ton of you know alternate like it had a restaurant in it and you know it had a 4dx theater and and all that kind of stuff um but on top of that too they didn't show 700 trailers for all the movies and and the reason why i bring this up is because we are a little over a month away from the release of blue beetle uh which is the third of four dc movies this year and if you listened to the episode over the weekend that peter and i did we talked about a little bit about what's coming in the back half of the year and i think i said there I would not be surprised if Aquaman 2 got shelved permanently and we just never saw that movie. I wouldn't be surprised by that. And the reason for that is if you look at um, if you look at what's going on with, with, with DC, it, they're not doing great. And there's been a lot of speculation like why is, what, where, what's the marketing spend on Blue Beetle? It doesn't seem like there is much. Um, and I saw the trailer for Magic Mike's Last Dance more than I've seen the Blue Beetle trailer in theaters, um, which is cumbersome. And the same goes for um, Evil Dead Rise, both of which were in similar situations. They were originally designed to be, um, you know, HBO Max, and then went to what's it called, and then ended up going to theatrical. And you have to make more money. And the difference is, this is... Dunn is playing this as the first big DCU movie. It's like the first well, first character that's going to carry over to a DCU formally, besides Amanda Waller and Weasel. Um, and for this movie to have as little ad spend as, ha- as it has so far, to the point where, like, Marvel doesn't put out a movie without having a trailer for the next one there. Most studios don't put out a movie without having a trailer for the next one there. Um, which is why I would be very surprised if we don't have another Captain Marvel trailer by the end of the month. Because I feel like Disney's going to want to put a, Captain Mar- a new Captain Marvel trailer before, um, what was that movie called? Uh, Haunted Mansion at the end of the month. I have a feeling that's the case because Disney doesn't have another big release, I don't think, until then. And the same goes for Wish. I think we can get those two trailers by the end of the month. Um, because studios have to stack. If you have a major release coming, you want to have another trailer coming out around the same time. So, like, No Hard Feelings was a major release for Sony. They released a Craven trailer to be coupled with that, if I remember, if my memory serves. Because the Craven trailer was a few weeks ago, and I think it lines up with that. I think I remember seeing it there. Um, here, this is a Lionsgate movie. It's an R-rated, raunchy sex comedy. But they still, the, the last trailer they show is the trailer for, um, what's it called, there's a trailer for the, what's it called, it, um, The Hunger Games, which, let me just say, I, like, I, I was a Hunger Games fan when those movies were coming out, like, they, they do the bare minimum, and I'm back in the saddle to see this fucking movie in November, like, I had not seen this movie in a theater before today, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm 100% back in with this movie, um, I think it's odd that they didn't release a new trailer before The Flash, um, because that would have been a no-brainer. You couple that with the Flash. Here's the next DC movie. We're going to do that. 
Um, the fact that this movie was running a trailer for The Nun 2, which, if I remember correctly, The Nun was not even rated R. If I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, I thought The Nun was rated PG-13, or maybe that was just Animal Comes Home. But Warner Brothers has a, has, has a few major releases. And for them to not couple the one that comes out next month, if they're going to do it, because again, this is a Lionsgate movie, if you're going to push a new movie as part of this, um, you know, with this movie, and if you're going to push an upcoming release, you'd think it'd be Blue Beetle. It seems like the entirety of the marketing that they're doing with this movie is having done say, oh, this is going to be the first DCU movie. Uh, or, or, or he's going to be the first DCU character. Um, or that was just him trying to separate out the Flash from the DCU. Which could have been what that was. It's like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when they're when he's blowing up the ship and they got to get into the other smaller ship that's breaking off as the other one's sinking. It's like that could have been what that was once they saw the movie was bombing. They were like, oh shit, that, that, we're not affiliated with that. Um, but they would have been had the movie done well. And I think that that's kind of what it is here. It's like, oh, no, no, Blue Beetle's the real start. And then when Blue Beetle doesn't work, it's going to be like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't the real start either. We're going to start entirely fresh. But the problem is with Booster Gold having the role that Booster Gold has as early in, in the new DCU as he does, that's a weird decision. Um, and I think that for them to not put the money into this, I think it just further lends credibility to my theory that there is a very solid chance that we never see any of the, 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 the gun universe. I think there's a very strong chance that very little of it, if any, actually happens. Um, I, I think if anything happens, it's going to be Superman, but I think that's just about it. I don't think they go too much deeper than that. Because there's too much they're trying to carry over and, and make it ambiguously canon and and I think there's a solid chance they're just like, fuck it. The Reeves movies are working. We're making money hand over fist on the Christopher Reeve on the, um not the Christopher Reeve, the uh, the Matt Reeves Batman movies. Like why do we need to do a different thing? Why do we need to, to sit here and and try to, you know, to, to create a cohesive universe? of our other characters, and we can just do this. And I think that what's going to end up happening is we're going to end up with a a strong, you know, Batman, a strong, robust Batman cinematic universe um, set in the Batman and that mythos, and we're going to end up with a, a lost everything else. With, you know, maybe we'll get Elseworlds of Superman, maybe we'll get Elseworlds of other characters, but... By and large, it's going to be a, um, you know, a Batman and, and a Joker world. And, yeah, I mean, shitty to think that that's going to be the, what comes of DC Comics when it comes to the theatrical slate, but it is what it is. And, you know, I, I wonder if we'd be, like, it, it's such a weird situation to be in, and it's such a weird thought exercise. Where would we be? And they just fired Snyder after Man of Steel. Or, or, fuck, after the other, like, they just didn't hire him for Man of Steel. There were, like, seven directors who were up for it. And it's like, if they just went with one of the others, where would we be now with DC? But that was something that, that, that caught my attention. Um, 
where it's like, why are they not pushing this movie? Um, yeah, I don't know. But we'll wrap up there for today. Uh, tomorrow morning we'll be doing iCarly. Sunday morning we'll be doing um, uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And Monday we'll be doing Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. So until then, have a great rest of your week.